This is a podcast from Delancey Eden Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in the Delancey Eden Church building at Le Banks St. Samson in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. Great, thanks for that. Okay, today I want to uh, talk on this topic of praise, which is just brilliant because um, the the songs that Vaughan has picked for for us this morning, as I was just singing them, I was thinking, yeah, it just really ties in with what I want to talk about today about singing God's praises and and giving praise to God, which is which is great when that happens. Um, I don't know if you're if you're like me, but I I find that the um, older I get in my years, although I'm still quite young, I'd like to think, but the older that I get, um, and the more grumpy I get. Is that right? Is that what happens as, as you get older? If I, if I speak to my dad, he would definitely say that, that he complains more now than he ever used to. And I find that my temper is much shorter now than it used to be. Um, I find I get more impatient, uh, and I complain more, especially when I'm driving. Um, that happens to be one of those scenarios uh, where I just get a little bit short-tempered and, and start moaning. And, and um, I was thinking about this idea of complaining. Well, I guess we kind of all do it, don't we? And actually, I kind of enjoy doing it sometimes as well, which is even worse. That's really bad, isn't it? But holiday complaints, the 20 top holiday complaints that have been given to Thomas Cook. I'm not going to read out all 20, but I'm going to just pick a few of them out to read to you. Um, Some of the most outrageous things. Okay, so these, these are complaints. On my holiday to Goa in India, I was disgusted to find that almost every restaurant served curry. I don't like spicy food at all. Okay, uh, we booked an excursion to a water park, but no one told us we had to bring our swimming costumes and towels. We found the sand was not like the sand in the brochure. Your brochure shows the sand as yellow, but it was white. Another one, the beach was too sandy. It took us nine hours to fly home from Jamaica to England, and it only took the Americans three hours to get home. Topless sunbathing on the beach should be banned. The holiday was ruined as my husband spent all day looking at other women. Honestly. I could go on, but I'm not. <laughs> There's loads of complaints there. Um, but it just shows kind of we do, we do like a little uh, complaint now and again, don't we? And um, I want to touch on this subject today, but I don't know whether that's come out of my, uh, my trip to Haiti, whether I had that amazing revelation from God to just shut up and stop complaining, um, but this is what I want us to look at. You know, there's going to be those of us here this morning, or perhaps people that we're connected to um, in our lives that are going through things, that are going through situations, and different things that have arisen in their life, or your life perhaps that's not easy, it might seem wrong, there's a problem that you're facing, um, But this morning, I want us to look at how praising God can get us through these things. I want us to look at this power of praise. You know, when things go wrong in our life, there is much that we can do to change the situation, to bring a positive effect, to change the environment 
that we find ourselves in to bring the presence of God into that situation so that we are enabled to get through that next step, that next stage of our lives. And I think it has something to do with this power of praise, with this power of thankfulness to God. And we're going to look at a story in the Bible where um, the word praise, this is the first time it's used, the word praise in the Bible, and it's in Genesis chapter 29. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to it, but I've also um, got it written up here on the screen for us to have a look at. It's a well-known story. It's a story of Leah and Rachel. So let me just read this through first of all. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes but Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you seven years in return for your daughter, for your younger daughter, Rachel. That's dedication for you. Now Laban said, it's better that I give her to you than to some other man. Stay here with me. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Ah, oh, it's romantic, isn't it? Yeah. Then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife. My time is completed and I want to make love to her. So Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave a feast. But when evening came, he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob. And Jacob made love to her. And Laban gave his, servant, gave his servant Zilpah to his daughter as her attendant. When morning came, there was Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? And Laban replied, it's not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal week, then we will give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. And Jacob did so. He finished the week with Leah. And then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. Laban gave his, ser- gave his servant Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as her attendant. And Jacob made love to Rachel also. And his love for Rachel was greater than his love for Leah. And he worked for Laban another seven years. Okay, let's just leave it there for a moment. We're going to carry on looking at the story in a bit. But... This story is significant because, um, as I was saying before, the word praise is found for the first time in this, in this story. It's actually the word Judah. And Judah means to praise, to worship, to revere God, to extend our hands and, and lift up our thanks to God. It's a word of um, praise. It's vocal. It's demonstrative. Judah, the word means praise and we're going to look at this in the story of Leah so first of all I want us to look at her problem okay let me put these up here okay Jacob's first wife Leah was not his first choice okay he was in love with the younger sister Rachel and be deceived by the father And so now Leah is in this situation. She's trapped in this marriage where she is unloved, knowing full well that he actually loves Rachel, the younger one. The only situation I can say that's been similar in my life is the time me and my sister both fancied the same guy. Okay, We were only a lot younger then um, in our teens, and um, I remember we both liked him, and he ended up with my sister. Aww. That's sad, isn't it? 
Anyway, that's the only thing I can liken to this situation, um, which is nothing in comparison to this, because we were just teenagers, we were just kids. But can you imagine Leah, who's trapped in this marriage where she's unloved, and if that's not bad enough, she knows full well that her husband loves her sister. What a, what a difficult, horrible place for this woman to find herself in. And first of all, when we look in verse 17, it says that Rachel was more beautiful. Rachel was the one that every man wanted to be with. Leah was in the background. She was pretty ordinary. You know, she was older than Rachel. Perhaps if she was younger, perhaps if she'd been younger, she'd have had time to do something about the situation, to grow into a, to a more beautiful woman, maybe something like that. But time was against her. Time was not on her side. She was the older one. And sometimes, you know, in our lives, sometimes the problems of our lives, sometimes they're escalated when we don't think we've got time on our side, when we don't think we've got time left to solve the problem solve the issue that's before us. Sometimes our problem is magnified by our age. Time is running out to see the dream, to see the desire realised or fulfilled in our life. Time is running out for us to take hold of that opportunity. Time is running out for us to turn things around and we face that difficulty of maybe not having enough time to do things and uh, we get worked up about that. So Rachel was more beautiful and time was against Leah here and then we read later on as well well knowing that same verse that she had weak eyes and I don't know whatever that really meant but maybe it meant that sometimes when she looked at herself whenever she saw herself she would see herself in this way less beautiful older not as attractive as her sister she looks at her sister and sees a stunning woman that everybody wants to be with and so maybe that's kind of maybe what it means and perhaps in our own lives, sometimes, when we look at our own lives, we don't like what we see very much. You know, it could be physical. It could be when we look in the mirror, you know, we see um, something we, we don't want to see. I don't hear many people looking in the mirror and saying, gosh, I'm gorgeous. I don't know. Maybe you know someone who does. Maybe you do. If you do, that's brilliant. You should do that. Okay? But you know what? I'm guessing most of us don't really do that that often. Maybe we wish there was something different about us. Maybe the way we looked. Or maybe the way we talk. Or maybe our natural abilities. Maybe our limitations. Maybe we look at our lives and it's something about our upbringing. Maybe it's something about our past. Maybe something's happened in our life. Things that contain us. Things that remind us of how limited we are. And perhaps like Leah did when she looked at her life, she didn't see much there. All she saw was the the negative, all she saw was how unattractive she was and how better her sister was and how unloved she was. And we can find that and experience that too, I'm sure. We can identify with that sometimes as well, where we wish we could change things. It also says uh, in verse 18 that, of course, he loved Rachel more. She was unloved by Jacob. But she was used to this, Leah was used to being unloved. She was unloved by other men. She knew what rejection was. Uh, in verse 26, we see that Laban had tried to marry her off before with no success. So this wasn't a, a new thing for her. She'd experienced this in her life. And, of course, she's experiencing um, the, her father being unloving towards her as well. 
What father would do this to their daughter? What father would do this to a child to deceive in this way? To allow this situation to have taken place? What a terrible thing. What a disgraceful act this is. If this was in our newspapers today, we'd be up in arms about it. So she's not only unloved by her husband and by other men, but her father as well. And in the culture of that day, she had to obey. She didn't really have a choice. And maybe she thought, oh, well, Jacob can learn to love me. Many people that we know, even us ourselves, maybe feel unloved at times. Maybe feel like we've been rejected. Or maybe we know folks that have. But God always cares for the unloved. God always cares for the one who's rejected. Actually, when we look throughout the Bible, what we see is that God runs after the one who is unloved to throw his arms around those. And then we see also part of Leah's problem was that she was humiliated. On her wedding day night, in that darkened tent, She should have been honoured. She should have been exalted. But that does not happen. Instead, she's humiliated. Imagine the shock when Jacob wakes and it's the wrong bride. Okay, it's a shock for Jacob. But can you imagine Leah's feeling in this situation? Absolute humiliation. Jesus knows everything about your life. He knows everything about my life. He knows us inside out. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows every hurt and every humiliation that we will ever go through, that we have ever been through in the past. And don't you find that the older we get, the more stuff that just happens in our lives. But God is the healer of that. God is the healer of our hurts. God is the healer of our humiliations. And what I'm doing here is I'm trying to paint this picture for us today, trying to see this woman in this story, to see what she's in, to see what she's going through. Rachel, her sister, was more beautiful. Leah had weak eyes. She looked at herself with not very much self-belief. Leah was unloved. Leah was humiliated. Let's get the picture of this woman and her situation. And then Leah was used. Because we read here in these verses that the father says, just finish off the bridal week, Jacob. Just finish off the week, and then I'll give you your choice. Then I'll promise you, Rachel. Just get through this week with Leah, and then you can have Rachel. And so that happens. Hang on a minute. Where does Leah fit into this? What's going on? She, she's been married to this man. She didn't expect then for him to marry the sister as well. So she's unloved. She's been humiliated. Now she's just being used. She's been married off to Jacob. And actually, Jacob's going to get Rachel as well. So she's going to be in this situation where her husband actually loves her sister even more. Throughout history, women have lost their independence, have been cheapened, have been used. And this is what's happened to Leah here in all this history this long ago. What a horrible place. What a problem to be in. What a situation to find yourself in. And then something happens for Leah because she's in this place but then she connects with God and what we see is that when she starts to connect with God it moves her out of the environment of complaint. It moves her out of the environment of her problem. 
And I want us to take a little look just quickly now at that journey that she goes on to praise God. Here we have this situation that God opens Leah's womb so she can begin to have children. God sees the situation. He sees the difficulty and problem that she's in and that she's facing. So he comes and he allows Leah to be the one to bear children to Jacob. You know, whatever door is shut to us, God can open it. Whatever we think is closed, whatever we think can't happen, God can make it happen. And it's not what man says that matters, but it's what God says that matters in our life. Now, God sometimes does say to us, no, that's not going to happen for you. No, that can't happen. God says that sometimes. And that's God's voice. And that's the grace of God that we trust in our lives. But don't let man's voice be the last voice we listen to. Let God's voice be the last voice that we hear. God can make a way. Her plan was this. If she could have children, then perhaps Jacob would love her more. When we're trapped in a problem, when it's all about our complaint, when it's all about our situation, everything we do, all the steps we take, are so often related to that problem, related to the complaint, to the situation in our life. And that becomes the most important thing for us that problem that we have. And sometimes God has a battle with us because what God wants to do is to say, look, I am bigger than your situation. I am bigger than your complaint. I am bigger than your problem right now. And he has a battle on with us sometimes because all we do, we're consumed with that. So she begins to have children because her idea is, Jacob will finally love me. If I have children, Jacob will love me. I'll be normal now. It was right for her to have children. It wasn't the wrong thing for her. It was foreordained for Jacob to have many sons. It was the Abrahamic blessing that was passed down uh, onto Jacob's life. God can do all things in and through us. He can bring miracles. But I think more importantly, what he wants us to see is not that we, we have God in our problem, in our situation. We say, amazing, great, isn't it fantastic? I'm free from my problem. I'm free from my complaint. I'm free from this situation. But rather, that in our problem and in our complaint, in that, we can say, isn't God great? Isn't God amazing? Isn't God absolutely fantastic for me in this place? Rather than just celebrating the fact that that thing is gone. And Leah runs ahead a bit of God's will. She thought that this would lead to Jacob loving her. But the problem was she'd not let go of her complaint. She'd not let go of the problem of how she was feeling. That was still very, very important to her. And if you are anything like me, sometimes when you do have complaints in your life, when there is a problem or a situation of difficulty, actually you find yourself holding on to that. It's kind of a security sometimes in holding on to that complaint and this is what she's done here so she has um, her first son and she names him Reuben she's so excited she's got her first son and now she sees and thinks well Jacob will surely love me Reuben this this kind of meaning of look see a son I've got a son I'm so excited Jacob will love me now But nothing changes. The situation is the same. We can try and fix every situation of our lives on our own. We can attempt everything, 
but you know nothing changes, nothing can change. And this is what she was doing. So she has uh, a second son, and she conceives again, and he's called Simeon, uh, meaning God has heard. So God has heard my, my cry, God has heard my situation, I have a second son now, surely Jacob will love me now. Surely things will change, but nothing changes for her. Nothing changes. So she has a third son, and again, she conceives, and he's called Levi. Levi meaning this word, attracted. So she's trapped in her problem, her situation. She feels unattractive. She feels not worthy, and yet she calls her son Levi. She calls her son attracted, thinking maybe that Jacob will be attracted to me now. Jacob will want me now. He'll love me, but he still, he doesn't. It's almost like you can sense, you can hear kind of God in this situation saying, Leah, you know, why, why are you still focused on the problem? Why are you still focused on your complaint? Why don't you let me in on this situation? Why don't you allow me to come into it? And then Leah has her fourth son. And something here has changed Something has happened. Something has, has shifted with her in her connection with God because this time it's different. This time she doesn't name her son. She doesn't call one of her sons anything related to her complaint, anything related to her problem. But this time she calls him Judah. Judah meaning to praise. This time I'm not going to focus on my situation, but I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to lift him on high, even as an unloved woman, even in this difficulty, I am going to praise God. I'm going to call my son praise. I'm going to call him Judah. And it was such a huge shift for her at this time. And it's at this time, God gets close to her. God gets near. When we shift in our situations from being all about the complaints and all about the problem to being people of praise and thankfulness within that situation. We give God the opportunity to come close, to come near to us, because something can shift in that time. Not that it necessarily goes away. It didn't go away for Leah at that time, but she said, I'm going to praise anyway. I'm going to praise. There's power in praise. And she began to understand this concept praising God through the tough seasons of her life, laying down her complaint, laying down her problem. I'm not going to talk about that anymore. I'm not going to go on anymore about that. Instead, I'm going to praise. It was as if she might have heard something along the lines of God saying, look, I love you. Am I not good enough? Will I not do for you in this situation? And she comes to terms with her life, stops embracing the problem and says, yes, Lord, yeah, you are enough. You are enough for me. And she stops it consuming her, constantly being on her mind. And what we see is that God is so pleased with this. He chooses Judah. He chooses Judah for special favour. For everyone who came down the line of Judah had a special favour. If you look back, you can trace it back, that everyone born of that line had special favour on their lives. God chooses Judah. Leah was not the first choice, but isn't it beautiful that he chooses Leah's son? God chooses praise. God chooses what's important. He chooses people of praise. Let's have a look at this for a moment. Um, We look back in some of the Psalms and the passages there. 
He rejected others, but he chose Judah. Judah became God's sanctuary. Israel was his domain, but Judah was the sacred place. God was to rule over Israel, but Judah became the place of God's sanctuary where he inhabited. Leah chose to praise God rather than go on and just tell people how tough it was and complain about it and how bad things were for her. She moves to that place of thankfulness to God, praising God for who he was. And God connects with people of praise. God inhabits the praises of his people. And the result was that God came and placed favour on her son. And that same favour, that same blessing, that same presence of God for Judah is available for us today, right now, in our place of difficulty or complaint or whatever we are going through, that is there. The sanctuary of God is there for us to be people of praise. God dwells in the people of praise. He inhabits that. And moving from our problem to praise is such an amazing thing. And we just have to wait and see what God will do when we begin to make that shift. I'm not going to complain like I've always done about this, but I'm going to begin to praise. I don't know if you're like me. Sometimes when you are going through difficult times and you're praying, I can't pray about it because I just don't know what to pray. But I can praise. I can praise God still. I don't always have a solution or an answer or know what to say, but we can praise. And this is just such a great story of what we see here through Leah's life. I love it. And, and what's so great is that we have this fascinating end to the story as well. Right at the end here. Um, I'm not going to read all that, but basically something changes in Jacob as something changes in Leah. And one would have thought that Jacob, at the end of his life, would have wanted to have been buried with Rachel, whom he loved, who he chose, but instead he chooses Leah. Rachel was his first choice, but instead he says, I want to be buried with Leah. Something shifted in his heart as he watches his first wife connect with God. And I believe that in our in our situation, in our environment, that as an individual changes, as we begin to shift into that place of praise to God, we can actually change our environment and others. People of praise can change things. How do I know? Or how, why do I think that? Because imagine you have someone, you know how the environment in your homes can change depending on who you've got in your home. Okay? If you've got someone that's coming in and they're a really awful person, they're obnoxious or whatever it is, um, that can really start to change your environment. And the same can happen when you have someone of positivity, of thankfulness, of praise in your environment. That can change things too. People engaged with praise can change things. We have the power through our praise of God and our thankfulness to change stuff and to change people's lives. Because Jacob here has changed. He wants to be buried with Leah. And the great thing about this story is that Leah gives him Judah, the son, which means praise, and our Messiah, Jesus, comes from that line of Judah. Amazing. The story of Leah is of a woman who moves into that place, that understanding of how amazing praising God can really be. No, we don't always feel like it. <laughs> no, I don't always feel like singing and praising God. But actually, something can shift when we do that. No matter our problem, our complaint, our situation, the environment, whatever degree or level it is at, 
We can change it by knowing the power of praise, by practicing worship of God, by living a life thankful to God, growing in God. And if it doesn't change our environment that we're, we are in, I'm sure it will change us as we do that. Whether it's a few minutes a day or throughout the day, whatever it is, when we praise God, a shift can take place. I always think it's fascinating because as Christians, I find one of the, the major things that is, is a difficulty in our lives is guilt. Guilt that we don't read the Bible enough. Guilt that we don't pray enough. Guilt that we don't praise enough. Guilt that we don't attend enough church meetings. And God has asked us to do all those things, not to make us feel guilty. God doesn't want us to pray to him or sing to him or worship him or praise him or read our Bibles because he needs that. He's not some God who needs his ego stroked or worship me, worship me. Why has he asked us to do those things? Why are they in the Bible? Because he loves us so much, because he cares for us so much, because he's so concerned for our lives. He knows what is best for us. He knows what will make us the best people we can be. He knows what will help in our situations. And the power of praise and prayer and reading the word all help us to connect with God, to understand who God is, to bring God into our situation. And it is that that helps us. He asks us to do it, not because he needs it, but because he wants to help us. Because he loves us. And if we really trust in God and we really think he's almighty and he knows best, then I'm thinking we should listen to what he says. There's power in praise. There's power in being thankful. Because I want us to take hold of these words today to think about this story of Leah, this story of a woman trapped in a complaint, trapped in a situation, trapped in a problem of difficulty. And nothing changes. Nothing changes. Even her, her, her trying to solve the situation, even trying to solve the situation by having sons, nothing changes. Jacob doesn't love her anymore. And then she connects with God. She connects with God and says, I'm going to call my son Judah. I'm going to, I'm going to praise God. I'm going to look to God. I'm going to lift up my eyes. I'm going to lift up my hands in spite of this. And something changes, something shifts, and Jacob changes too towards her. Let's look back, look back on the last few days of your life, the last weeks. If God were to put a torchlight into our lives, if he was to look into our lives, what would the complaint be? What would the problem be? What would the light reveal about our situation right now? You know, it may be as horrific as Leah's. I don't know what everyone is going through. It may be as bad as that. It might not be. It might be something a little lesser, perhaps. But whatever it is, whatever that torchlight would reveal in our life, that complaint, that problem, let's make a commitment. Please, let us make a commitment today to stop embracing and filtering everything through that. And let's make a decision today, no matter how hard, no matter how difficult, and no matter how much our feelings will not want to do this, but to make a decision today, tomorrow, and next week, and next month, and as the years go by, to practice praising God. To practice Every day, lifting up his name, 
in our daily lives, being a person of thankfulness, being a person who sings, who prays, who is thankful for their relationships, thankful for their work, thankful for their people that are around them, their church, neighbours, opportunities for our material possessions, everything that we have to be a people who are thankful. You may well have an impossibility in your life. You may well have a difficulty in your life. But know today that God is still on the throne. God is still almighty. God is still in charge. And begin to praise, begin to lift up our eyes and say, God, I don't know about this complaint, this problem, but I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm going to be a person of thankfulness anyway because it's not about me, but it is about you. It's not about what I'm going through right now, but it's about you. It's about who you are. Not what I don't have, God. Not what I don't have, but what you've given me, what you've blessed me with. I'm not going to look at the complaint anymore, but I'm going to praise you. I'm going to lift up my eyes to the hills because that's where my help comes from and that's where my strength comes from. No one is higher, no one is more powerful than you, God. Not by, not by my complaints, not by my problems, but you, Lord. And I choose to praise you. I choose to worship you. Let's stand together. And just reflect on this. And just reflect on on our own lives and on our own complaints and our own problems, big or small, whatever they are. And commit again today to say, God, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to be a person of thankfulness. I'm going to be a person of praise. And people are going to see a shift in me. People are going to see a change in me. And I'm going to affect the environment that I live in. Because it's all about you, Jesus. You are still on the throne and you are still mighty. And watch this space, guys. Watch this space as we begin to move into the power of praise. Father God, I thank you today for this amazing story that you have put in your word. What it can teach us, what we can learn from the life of Leah. She probably never knew all those many years ago, that her story would be, un- would be told like this, to be an encouragement to us. But here we are, thousands of years later, and still your word is revealed to us. Still your word is encouraging us to keep going, to persevere. Amazing. Lord, help us to be a people of praise and thankfulness, not to be consumed with our complaint, not to be consumed with our problem. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's hard. It's not always easy, Lord. But God, we stand in this situation and say, Lord, I'm still going to praise you. Actually, there's not much else I can do, but I'm going to praise you. And I believe in you, God, to come and change my environment, or if not my environment, to change me in some way, make a shift in my life. Jesus, we worship you today. We praise you for you are great and you are good and you are kind and you are loving and you care for us and you are for us, not against us. And you are with us and you are before us and you are behind us and you surround us and we love you and we thank you.
You are enough, God. You are enough for our situation. Everything about you is perfect. We don't stand in hopelessness. We stand on the rock, the firm foundation, the one that we can depend upon for everything. Reveal that to us again, God. Yes. We say yes, Lord. We look to you today to say yes. We love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Delancey Edom Church. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.